Welcome back to the Ways to Flourish podcast, where we discuss how to flourish through our challenges and elevate voices across William & Mary's campus. My name is Jenny Helmendaller, and today we're going to talk about the campus food exchange. I am joined by Max Blaylock. He's the campus minister with the Wesley Campus Ministry. How are you today, Max? I'm doing great, Jenny. Thanks so much. Of course. Thank you for being here. And so first, to just start out, could you talk a little bit about the campus food exchange and how it relates to your work with the Wesley House? Sure. The Campus Food Exchange is a food exchange that is open to all students, faculty, and staff. It was started back in 2019. It originally was based only out of the Wesley House. Uh, if y'all don't know where the Wesley House is, that's 526 Jamestown Road, right across the street from Hardy and Lemon Dorms. But now, starting this past spring, we actually have a branch of the Campus Food Exchange that is housed in the Sadler Center at the lower level next to the Haven. And it's simply a room that students, faculty, and staff have access to anytime the Sadler Center is open. That room is open, and we have non-perishable food items, household items, personal hygiene items. And at the house, you can make an appointment anytime to come visit at the Wesley House. And we have uh, hours that are set each semester for anybody to come. And then can you also give just a little bit more background about the Wesley House and the Wesley Foundation? Sure. We're the campus ministry sponsored by the United Methodist Church. Uh, I'm a United Methodist campus minister, but we're open to everyone. Our campus ministry has a vision statement that says everyone is welcome, and it explicitly says we welcome people uh, of all races, ethnicities, nationalities, gender identities, sexual identities, faiths, and theological identities. So radical hospitality is very much what we're about. We're residential. We have students who live at the Wesley House. Uh, we host all kinds of different student organizations, events, because we have a really nice space and a really big kitchen for preparing food and for hosting events. One of the wonderful partnerships we have is with the Muslim Student Association and partnering with them on lots of events and iftar meals. And during the times when campus is shut down, like winter break particularly, when there's no housing available, the Wesley House functions as a place for students who don't have a safe home to go home to when campus is shut down. And so in what ways does the Wesley House support wellness for all? Like you talk about the campus food exchange, how else does it put that radical inclusivity for all into practice? It's through advocating for students and different organizations on campus. Uh, for example, we were a key part of the advocacy network that resulted in the food service workers having a union for the very first time at William and Mary. And that's one of the most inspiring things I've been a part of in a long time. Another example is when hateful street preachers come to campus, we show up and offer a, a, a very different alternative to the hate. And it's really, as far as the wellness goes, it's really that radical inclusivity of letting folks know that they are cared for and they are welcome and they're celebrated. I told folks one time that my job as a campus minister is really simple when you boil it down to it, is working hard to ensure that students are safe and well cared for. And that's what we try to embody in everything we do. Mm -hmm. And I also just want to talk a little bit more about food insecurity in general. Um, I used to volunteer through the school with Grove Christian Outreach Center. Um, and I think I read somewhere that y'all partner with them as well. But just talking about food deserts and food insecurity in the Williamsburg community, but also here on campus. 
Yeah, the primary group we partner with in the community is actually Fish, which is one of the local food pantries. We do partner with other groups, but when it comes to the greater Williamsburg community, there are definitely areas that don't have access to easy access to grocery stores or to fresh food and produce. Grove community is one of those, uh, which is an incredibly vibrant community. But if you take public transportation to get to the nearest grocery store, it's a three-hour round trip. So that's one of the challenges is that there are communities that, due to systemic racism and systemic injustice, they don't have access to the same groceries and food as folks in other parts of Williamsburg do. When it comes to campus, as we've been talking about earlier, uh, you know, when we have a campus where the median family income is over $175,000 a year, if you're a student who's housing insecure or food insecure, you feel pretty marginalized oftentimes. So what we work hard to do is with the Campus Food Exchange and with Wesley is to let those folks know that there is a place where they can come, where they will be cared for, they will be welcomed, and their needs will be provided for. I would be totally remiss if I didn't say that the organization that heads up all this for the food exchange is Food for All. Wesley partners with Food for All, but Food for All is the engine that runs the food exchange and they're the reason that we have the satellite room on campus is because of food for all the students in food for all the reason wesley has a huge double size commercial fridge in the house to hold food when there are events that have extra food so we can refrigerate it food for all has just done amazing work so that last year just during the school year this doesn't even count summer we provided over 100 grocery deliveries to students who needed them, and there were over 200 visits to the Campus Food Exchange. Yeah, as you said, the median income here, with it being so high, I think it's really easy if you come from that place of privilege to not realize the difficulties and the obstacles that other people face. But as soon as you talk to some more people, get off campus a little bit, it's clear that there are some structural issues that it's really easy if you're, again, already in that place of privilege to just ignore and not know about. Yeah, and, and one of the things that I like to tell people when it comes to the history of the area is that there's been a history of displacement and marginalization of particularly the black community in Williamsburg. Mm -hmm. Over here at the triangle where the bake shop is and the cheesesteak shop and the housing development apartments are, that was a thriving black business and residential district that the city of Williamsburg systematically neglected and then tore down in the name of urban renewal. And gentrification. Yeah, because, because they didn't want, well, I'll just say it out loud, they didn't want a black community that close to Dog Street and CW. So you've got that. You've got Camp Perry, the CIA training facility right here in Williamsburg, right here on the edge of Williamsburg. That was a thriving black residential community, and it was taken to build Camp Perry. So then we get right across into the next county in York County, there was a thriving black farming and fishing community called the Reservation that was destroyed to build the Yorktown Naval Station. So, you know, when we look at the history of this community, it's a history of, you know, systematic injustice and displacement. And so the Campus Food Exchange, would you say that's a way that Wesley Campus Ministry and Food for All is trying to combat that systemic injustice? No, 
I would not. I would say that's a way we're trying to care for people who are brutalized by that systemic injustice. What we're doing with the Campus Food Exchange is charity. As one of my favorite authors, Sarah Kinzior, puts it, charity as a supplement to justice should be applauded. But charity as a substitute for justice is neither charity nor justice. It is cruelty. So the Campus Food Exchange is us helping people who are brutalized by the system. The advocacy work that we're doing in the community and on the campus so that things are more just and equitable, that's how we're working to change things systemically. What do you think might be some of the mental health repercussions of always having to worry about access to food? Oh, the data is clear that if you're hungry, if, you're, if you don't have the community support, that the challenges academically and mental health-wise are exacerbated. Uh, we've seen that over and over again with students. And the amazing thing is, is like, you know, so many of the students that end up accessing the Campus Food Exchange and accessing Wesley Housing when campus housing is shut down are students that have a lot of challenges. They're also students who are incredible human beings and who face those challenges and care for each other in the midst of them. So that it's not like being food insecure or housing insecure is is destiny, but it just makes things so much more challenging to make it through a challenging campus experience like William and Mary. What are some misconceptions, if there are any misconceptions, about the Wesley House? That's a good question. Um, when it comes to Wesley, most of the time people think of campus ministry and they think if they've had a bad experience, particularly with Christians, they would think that about Wesley and and validly so because we're a Christian campus ministry and I'm a white male, cisgender, heterosexual Christian campus minister. But our commitment, like I mentioned with our vision statement before, is to offer radical hospitality the last part of our vision statement says, through following Jesus, we embrace God's radical hospitality towards all. And that is what guides us. And I'll tell you what guides me as a campus minister is the experience I had at a seminar called Jews, Muslims, and the Holocaust that I got to attend a few years ago with the U.S. Holocaust Memorial Museum. We read an article about these interfaith women who became resistors and rescuers in the face of the Nazis. And the author of that essay, she said three things at the end of that essay that have stuck with me. She said, just as collaboration with the Nazis was a social phenomenon, so was resisting and rescuing. And so much of what those women were able to do would have been impossible if they hadn't done it in community with other people. So the importance of community is such an important thing for Wesley to have a community that is who we say we are and continue to grow in that. Two, she said, ethical action is always social action, meaning that we remember that the good work that we do has much wider implications than just the particular people at which we're caring for at the time. And then three, she said in all the studies that have been done of people who became resistors and rescuers in the Holocaust, there's only one trait that's been universal in every study, and that is a deep-seated commitment to the common good, that all of those people knew that they had a responsibility to care for 
and save folks who were outside of their circle of faith, family, neighborhood, ethnicity, nationality, race, whatever. So Wesley, what we're hoping to cultivate is that, is that moral and ethical center, wherever it arises, whatever it arises from, that moves us to work for the common good, particularly for folks who are the most you know, marginalized and oppressed on our campus or in our community. And I don't know what the best way to phrase this next question would be, but you called like the Campus Food Exchange charity. And I know that there are a lot of conflicting ideas around the idea of charity and these kinds of faith organizations helping people of, quote, higher need and how you go about that without making it feel like a kind of power dynamic struggle. That's an amazing question. And I'll answer it uh with the wise words of a friend of mine back in Birmingham, the Reverend Scott Douglas, who was on the front lines of the civil rights movement and heads up an organization that does both charity work and advocacy work and justice work. And Scott said that when they're applying for grants, oftentimes the grant-making organization says, well, how do you do the charity work and the justice work, both with excellence? And Scott said, we don't. But he said, but we have to do both. He said, if we just do the charity work, then it becomes paternalistic and judgmental. And like you said, with a power dynamic. And if we only do the justice work, then we get completely disconnected from the people we're trying to serve with the justice work. So we have to do both. And that's the key. If we're only doing charity work, with no view toward the systemic injustices and the powers and principalities, as the Bible puts it, of systemic injustice that are working to keep people here, well, then we just judge them, that they're too stupid or too poor or too lazy or too uneducated or whatever it is, and we have to give them these handouts. Instead of realizing that the vast majority of people we're partnering with are incredibly wise, intelligent, resilient people who, for whatever reason, happen to be in need right now. Do you know what the main cause of being unhoused is in the U.S. systemically? Maybe before the pandemic and the housing market the way it is, but do you know what the main cause of it was? Medical debt. All it takes for so many of us is one medical emergency by one of the primary breadwinners in the family, and we have a crisis. So when we look at things systemically, we have to be advocating and not just doing the charity, or else we, I think we totally miss the point. Thank you. Yeah. So shifting gears a little bit, what are some initiatives in recent years that you're proud of with the Campus Food Exchange and the Wesley House? Well, the main one that I've already mentioned was our partnership with the food service workers and the students and the union reps for us to successfully get a union for the food service workers here at William and Mary. There were workers in food service who had been here for 40 and 50 years, not making a living wage and having no retirement and no benefits. So for us to partner with so many folks, particularly the food service workers, because they were leading the way 
to bring about that change and to see it being such an incredible coalition of the food service workers and faculty and staff and students and community members and faith leaders in the community all coming together to make that work, that was incredible. One of the things that I'm proudest of because I was wrong about it was the satellite that we have here on campus for the food exchange. When the students at Food for All were talking about it last fall semester that they wanted to get it started on campus for the spring, I flat out said there's no way that's going to happen. William and Mary does not move that fast. It's not going to happen And it happened because they ignored me and they said, no, we're going to make this happen. And they did. (laughs) So, so that's one of the other things that I'm, the other big thing when you say that is, is that, that food for all was started by one of the students who was involved in the food exchange who decided to start this organization and it's just exploded. And the thing that I'm proudest of about us too, is that we don't do anything alone. Whether it's our campus ministry, whether it's food for all, wherever the events are happening, we do it in partnership with other groups, with other people. That's really that's really amazing, all the work that's been able to be done. And I'm glad that there's such a thriving community of passionate people dedicated to this work and dedicated to just being a community. I think that's a really unique kind of dynamic. Yeah, thank you so much. It is, and you know that's why I have the best job in the world, because I could work with amazing people. And diving into just the bits and gears of the campus food exchange a little bit more. So how does it work? So how does one donate to it? How does one access the food? Okay, yeah, excellent questions. The primary way to access the Canvas Food Exchange, we've got a website that you can look up. We're open three days a week. Uh, It's usually Monday, Thursday, and Saturday that we're open in the afternoons for two hours at a time, but folks can make appointments at any time. Honestly, the easiest way to access it to get an appointment is just for folks to text me. I will put my phone number out in the air. It's uh, 757-634-634. 7406 and I can make sure that you can access the campus food exchange. If you want to donate, folks can drop by the Wesley House pretty much any time and drop stuff off. Or you can text me or email us and we'll set that up. I'm so glad you asked that because we've had the largest amount of need over the summer this summer that we've ever had. A lot of our shelves are pretty bare right now just because there's been such a need this summer for folks to donate. And, you know, once again, with the Canvas Food Exchange, people have been great. It's student groups that partner with us. The Veggie Society does events during the year, and they donate the funds from that to the Campus Food Exchange. You know, the staff assembly does food drives for us. The business school has been amazing with supporting us with funds and community groups. There's the Burns Lake Neighborhood Association that makes regular donations to us uh, and other faith communities around. So uh, it's pretty easy to access us or to donate, you know, just let us know and we'll make it happen. And just to confirm one more time, who is allowed to access those resources? It's William and Mary, students, faculty, and staff, and any other young adults in the community. We don't exclude because, I mean, for example, our campus ministry is not just for William and Mary students. We're for any young adults in the community, particularly that are college students. You know, there's not any requirements of any kind for you to be able to access it. Just come and say you need access. And that's at the Wesley House and then also the satellite facility at Sadler. Yep, lower level at Sadler. Great. 
Thank you so very much for this conversation. This has genuinely been one of my favorite conversations on the podcast so far. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Jenny. It's been just a pleasure. Thanks so much for the invitation. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you also to our sponsor, United Healthcare, for support of this podcast. Ways to Flourish is produced by Lindsay Heck, Calder Sprinkle, and myself, Jenny Hallman-Dollar. <laughs>